Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Al Madrigal grew up in San Francisco and worked in his family's HR business for 10 years before deciding to pursue a career in comedy. The next decade found Madrigal on the cusp of fame, starring or co-starring in a handful of network sitcoms and even more TV pilots that never made it to air. You likely first got to know Madrigal when he became the senior Latino correspondent for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Not long after that, Madrigal and Bill Burr launched All Things Comedy, a podcast network and more owned by comedians and built for comedians to succeed, expanding in recent years into making stand-up specials for Comedy Central and Netflix. Since the release of his acclaimed 2017 stand-up special, Shrimpin' Ain't Easy, Madrigal has written and performed on Showtime's I'm Dying Up Here and landed on the big screen in Night School, The Way Back, and in 2022, the big Sony Marvel Spider-Man universe movie, Morbius. Speaking of comic books, Madrigal has just released his own comic book series featuring Latino superheroes called Primos. Madrigal sat down with me to talk about that and everything else. If you like this conversation, please consider subscribing to my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com so you can read bonus commentary on this episode as well as more comedy news and insights. Thanks in advance, and now that that's out of the way, let's get to it! Al Madrigal, I am so glad uh, to be able to be speaking to you over Zoom or, or anyway. No, I feel like we've known each other for a long time. It's, uh, it's, it's good. Congrats <laughs> on uh, st- uh, both of us sticking with it. huh? <laughs> right. Not quitting. That's the secret to success is not quitting. It really is. So, you know, of course, I was obviously looking forward to speaking to you today and then going to see Morbius in theaters. But... You know, Morbius is delayed because everything is is delayed. delayed. Yeah, it's a it's a sign for me that it's a good movie. So I'm I'm happy about that. Otherwise, they would have just burned it off and um, partnered with somebody probably to, uh, you know, put it on a streamer. But it's it's a sign for me that it's something that they want to stick with and put in the theaters. And I know from seeing what I've seen in. Uh, ADR, which is that, um, you know, when I've gone into dub over lines here and there, they, um, it looks amazing because Daniel Espinosa is an incredible director. So I'm happy for people to finally see it and hopefully it's worth the wait. And from what we've seen in the trailer, you are the, the single handedly the character responsible for confirming that there is a Spider-Man universe. <laughs> That's right. I had that one line. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, one I, line in the trailer confirms it's oh, all connected. Well, you know, just it, so excited to even be in the trailer, to have the part. You know, as a comedian, when you start out as a stand-up comic, I don't think you're really aware of the entertainment business. I certainly wasn't. And then opportunities present themselves to write and act and do other things and write comic books. And uh, you just have to be sort of willing and uh, ready to open that door. And so stand-up allows you to do a variety of things and acting is one of those things that I really enjoy doing. So it's awesome. And to be in a, a, a Sony Marvel movie, how cool is that? You know, it's amazing. 
the amazing Spider-Man universe. You know, you mentioned, you know, being a stand-up and your experience in young experience in Hollywood, which, you know, the, the delay of the film, it made me think back to your early experiences in Hollywood. You had what you thought were going to be two big breaks with network sitcoms. And both of those just kind of vanished. I've been on a lot of sitcoms. I think I've done probably 11 TV pilots approaching, you know, Dave Chappelle pilot boy numbers. And then (laughs) um, just uh, shows that I've been on over a hundred episodes of network television, just not on the same show. And you know, whatever, it's fine. (laughs) It's like, uh, you know, I, it's all, all, all crap that is, is beyond my control. I just, you just, again, you, I would early on be upset and wonder why me, but, you know, to get that opportunity in the first place is incredible. So, yeah, you know. Well, I, I guess I was just curious to know, like, how those experiences, how having to handle those as a young comedian and actor have kind of shaped how you look at the business today. Oh, well, the, after the first show, if, if people are unfamiliar, like I was cast in a nationwide search for a Latino comedian and got to work with Cheech uh, from Cheech and Chong uh, in a show called The Ortegas. There was this improvised talk show in my family's backyard where I was sort of the captain of the ship and directing, you know, Cheech from stage, which is so it's just a surreal experience. And um, it just sort of went away. It just never aired. And that it was supposed to air after The Simpsons. And Bernie Mac took our place. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you think it's going to be a big deal. But honestly, after that, I just realized how quickly all of this could go away. It was because of my first day in Hollywood sat with Cheech. We went to lunch at Hugo's on Santa Monica. And he told me two things. He goes, be nice to everybody. That, um, that you meet because, you know, every busboy is going to love to tell their um, Cheech is an asshole story. And then he goes, you want mailbox money, try to own everything you can. And that led me to start all things comedy. So, um, you know, owning our work um, is, is something I learned on that show. And then also the big life lesson there is shit happens. You know, it's, it's again, I'm not the network executive. I can't, I'm not the one. So I put myself in a position where eventually I could, you know, allow the comics to be a little bit more in control of their own work. Right. We're actually coming up on 10 year anniversary of all things comics. Crazy. Nuts. (laughs) Here's the idea. The idea was 2010 comedy store parking lot. And, um, you know, it takes that long for you to get all the contracts in place. So, yes, uh, 2012 officially business. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, take me back to that Comedy Store parking lot session then. Was that you and Bill or was that you and somebody else? Or No, no, no. It was me and Bill just started talking about how podcasts were popular. And we each had podcasts and that, that we should, we're just going to get taken advantage of like we have in every other medium. You know, you think about how many people make money off comics, um, you know, from reps to people taking our creative showrunners, you know, things like that. So it's um, there's a lot of people feeding off, uh, you know, the 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 funny and the IP that we create. And, and what's going to happen is right now it's just podcaster to audience. 
And companies are going to come in and try to take this away from us and own everything. And sure enough, I mean, our first experience was that with that is I had that idea and got put in touch with somebody that tried to offer us 10% of our own idea. And um, then eventually worked. We, we started laughing and it got up to 50% and we're going to pay you guys $100,000 a year each. And we said no to that. And when we hadn't started anything at that point. Well, that's, and, that's, that's essentially Shark Tank. Isn't it? Yeah, Other true. people hear your idea and they go, yeah, I'll let you have that and I'll give you some money, but then it's mine. It's mine. I'll take 50% of that. And they, uh, yeah. So we, um, we said no and we, you know, it's a rough beginnings because, you know, you're trying to herd all of these comics that are independent contractors and used to doing all these things on their own and they're selfish and they want to know, you know, again, they, I think a lot of comedians that I've talked to, because I had this business background prior to getting into stand-up, is like they want to, they want some of them want the phone to ring and them to get gigs and you know everyone else to do the work for them. And I know that that's not how it works. So you know you got to teach somebody. I remember getting this phone call from a manager, and who said, um, "Why isn't this podcast more popular?" And I said, "How long has he been doing it?" And I said, "And, and uh, they said a year." And I go, what would you tell a comedian who called up you and said, why am I not more popular? Because I've been doing it a year. And you got to put work in, man. Like you got to like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. There's a lot of marketing of yourself and there's a lot of shows to do and you have to get great at it. And you're going to put in the work. It just doesn't happen because you turn on a microphone. So Again, you know, and that was early days of podcasting. Now it's even more difficult because there's, you know, 8 million podcasts. Right. I, I tried to look up my stats the other day. How are they? Uh, I found out that there was, a, there was a site that, like, ranked all of the podcasts. So I was intrigued just, to know. There's a bunch what, of them. I was intrigued to know where, where I ranked. And it told me that I was in the top 3%. And at first I was like, well, that sounds really good. And then it said, well, top 3% of, like, 3 million <laughs> Crazy. Oh, well, that's not really that good, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky, man. It's um, but again, I think it, it, like anything, like uh, do the work, put in the time, you know, have the vision, stick with it, don't quit. There's a million opportunities to quit anything, so it, see it through, and that's uh, and then bringing us back to the comic book, like that's or starting with the comic book that I wrote. Um, this started from me and the former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics when I first showed up at The Daily Show complaining about how there was no Latino superheroes and then us going, let's do something about it. And three years later, you know, we have comic book. And uh, it's a lot of work with zero money. And that's what stand-up is. Right. Yeah, you have the, the new comic book series, Primos, which comes out February 2022. In stores February 2nd. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, no, and, and every month after that. And then free comic book day, we're going to be giving a bunch away. And it's in English and Spanish. And again, you know, they're, um, I'm thrilled and it's surreal that this is actually happening. Yeah. It's also another sign of how much the comedy business has changed. Because I think the first time I heard about a comedian getting involved with a comic book was only like in the last 10 years or so. And now it's... Well, it's more commonplace that, that people like you are getting opportunities to 
Well, you you know, Brian Posehn and Patton and I think um, Paul Shear, I know, Paul, was, was, yeah. Paul Shear was helpful to me because we were coincidentally in Atlanta at the same time. And I think I mentioned that I had this idea and was starting this and didn't even know how to start. And he gave me and emailed me his outlines. Um, so I got to see the format. And it's just, again, it's it's people helping each other out and you sticking with it. And a lot of stuff can happen. But yeah, you always think about Posehn, Patton, like a blank of patch. Elliot Kalin, the former head writer of The Daily Show, he has a great podcast on Max Fun called Flophouse. Um, and he has a Maniac of New York book that's out that's amazing. Um, so, again, um, you know, it, it's a, a lot of reason, uh, opportunities to quit. <laughs> But getting back to the beginning of all things comedy, you sure. know, you talk about the the idea that like getting comedians to work together is a little bit like herding cats. Um, yeah, starting a business is like again, you're you're having people have to trust you. There's a lot of comics that came on, and there's a lot of comedians that don't lend themselves to work. You know, that don't work well with others, and that's why they're comedians in the first place. So you have to take. We take that solid group of believers who did stick with us. And then um, can you imagine? And this is the idea is like if everybody worked under the same banner and owned part of the company that distributed their content, it would be a, a trillion dollar business. Like if you take every single comedian and they will go, okay, let's start our own company. And we're going to be the production company for everything that we all make a trillion dollar business. And, and, but everyone is out sort of, sort of, and, and this is always the way it's been done, you know, selfishly worried that someone's going to take their idea and steal from them and, you know, not want to do business with us, maybe just on principle because it is other comics and they think I'm making money. Like we, we put, me and Bill put everything into that company. And how how did you, how did you and Bill decide how you guys were going to, launch this ship and then also steer it. We are very lucky to have um, amazing support staff, but me and Bill have always been fantastic partners uh, because it, we, we've stayed true to the vision of this company the entire time. And again, it's, it's, it's difficult to get people in, but I mean, if you think about our roster, it's fucking crazy. Not only do we have the dollop, which is a huge podcast, Bill's podcast, but we have Jesselnick, Nate Barganti. I mean, go down this huge list of, we have 60 podcasts and we're easily the number one comedy podcast network in the world at this point and ranked among podcast networks in, you know, in total, like up there with, you know, I think, above TED Talks and above, you know, WNYC and above a bunch of other major players in this industry, we're ranked like 10 amongst all podcast networks. And that happened because, again, we've been able to completely agree and get along this entire time and um, just want what's best for the organization that, that ultimately wants to give comedians the best possible deal and be transparent too. you know, all that, talk with the WGA and the major agencies. And if you're familiar with what happened there and hiding all of the actual numbers in the back end, like we want comedians to see it all. all. And 
you know, a lot of other production companies are sort of, you know, hiding the true cost of a, a production. And we just really, again, um, always with everything that we do, I, I don't mean to turn this into an infomercial for uh, all things comedy, but it's like we really get our together with the same vision and that that helps guide us every single day. Right. And you have Jordy. Jordy Elner working with Jordy you. Jordy Elner, now. there's a staff of eight people that are working that are fantastic that do so many things. But Mike Bertolina, who had this background uh, working at Ben, which is Bill Gates branded entertainment network. And you now he's our president. We just we're making great specials. We have Ronnie Chang's special coming out that new shot in New York, which is going to be one of the most gorgeous things you'll ever see. Um, so again, um, you know, put all the money into the comics and the production and the company. And, uh, you know, well, who was there at the beginning? Was Mike there at the beginning or was it just you and Bill? Oh, it was just me and Bill. And just like a handful, like we had, I mean, and thankful to the people that came in, but just part-timers making $12 an hour, all the money was coming out of me and Bill's pocket. So, you know, it was, it was bootstraps. And then we got, um, we got some funding, Five years ago, we got our angel funding, so we got five hundred thousand dollars, and we haven't taken any more money since. Would I talked to Bill a little bit when the Comedy Central specials were coming out? What was the what was part of the decision in making the leap or pivoting or jumping from being a podcast network to producing and distributing specials? Oh, that was always the plan. Um, so that was always the plan. Is that it starts with the uh, podcast network, we're able to distribute and market our own productions. And so you think about all the things that, again, that true to the name, we always wanted to do everything that comedians do. We want to develop and sell shows. We want to be our own production. We want to be a production company for hire. We want to eventually, I mean, in big picture, be our own uh, VOD platform. You know, we can be a destination for specials. We want to grow our YouTube page. We want to have a record company. You want to do all the things we want to do touring. I want to do ticketing. Like think of all the things that we can hang off of this all with the same vision in mind. Like imagine a completely transparent back end to a ticketing system where you can go around the country and tour venues. You know, I remember having club owners tell me, oh, there's a hundred seats nobody knows about. It's a shady business out there. There's a lot of people leeching off comedians. So uh, yeah, yeah. again, um, we um, we just want to make sure that we can provide transparency at every single step of somebody's career. You know, I wanted to be educational as well. I'd love to talk to people about the business and have more time and put on seminars and really usher people into this. We're doing scholarships. Is Mike Bertolina calling me right now? Um, but it's. Um, you know, again, there's, I want to do everything I can to help people along scholarships, funding, incubator, um, whatever we can do to help people out. Yeah. I, you just reminded me like how much things have changed and how much things haven't changed since uh, the days of I'm dying up here, which another, another great thing you were a part of the Showtime uh, reenactment of the seventies at the comic yeah. store. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I was in that writer's room. We, we do. Yeah. All right. So, go ahead. <laughs> I know. We. <laughs> I know. Um, but but now cut to 2022, and there's another company, 800 Pound Gorilla, that is kind of like fashioned itself a little bit in all things image, but then they've 
kind of, I don't know if they've overreached. What do you think of the, of how they've dealt with Spotify and the, how that's kind of playing out for the comedy business? I, I, I would, I mean, I wish them all the best. Yeah. I don't, I don't. <laughs> that's like saying objections. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> objections sustained. I, I'll talk about all things comedy. And, and, <laughs> and again, you know, I'm like so focused on ATC. Like I, you know, I have a difficult time with social because I don't even want to take the time. I barely promote my own projects. Like I, I really, it's a struggle for me to take the time to do this because I got writing to do, like I've got work to do. And and so again, for me to be hyper aware of what others are doing, I know where we are. I know where I am. I know what my goals are. And I'm just like head down um, and trying to do my work and let everybody else. We can talk about what the other guys are doing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's been five years since your last special and your last special, Shrimp and Ain't Easy, was fabulous. One of the Thanks, one man. of the best, one of the best of the decade, I think. Um, and you you have a new deal with CBS, CBS yes. Studios. So I'm I'm writing and developing TV a ton. That's what my most of my day is. So I'm finishing this comic book. We're trying to obviously we're going to shop that around and try to sell the IP from this comic book, and then. You know, there's other books I might write um, that I'm talking about. I have a ton of ideas and then I'm helping. Um, I'm really focused on uh, getting more Latinas and Latinos on TV because we're 20% of the population and only 5% of the characters in film and television. So I'm mm. just uh, writing. I'm, I mean, I've got three TV shows that are being read by networks right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw, there was, I guess, an interview with John Leguizamo the other day where he talked about trying to keep his his skin tone lighter because he felt that that was an issue in terms of getting roles. Was that something that that you encountered or felt? No, I never know. I just, uh, again, I, I really... No, I, I only asked I, because no, I just... I've been good about, like, just sort of, like, I, I think early on in stand up, I didn't know what I was doing, just like most comics. So, you know, I, I really have a lot of regrets when it came to my early stand up TV appearances, but whatever, you know, I can't get any of that back. And I didn't know who I was as a comic for a while. Um, but, uh, I, I've been so focused on my own work and anytime I have like, played comedy comedy cop and was misguided to the point where I've like uh, gone like, hey, look at this fucking guy. I, I always had a, such a hard time with a cocky hack. Like I'm like, like just walking around like they're, you know, um, you know, the God's gift to comedians and going up there and doing just shit material. I've always been back like, this is popular. And I let that go a long time ago. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about just uh, being hyper-focused on my stuff. But yeah, I mean, John Luizamo, who's just, whatever he's doing, he's doing a great job at it because he works a ton and he always has, and he's hilarious. So I'm about to do something with him. I think he created superheroes as well. Um, but again, like amazing actor. Um, and he seemed, you know, like he was pretty light skinned in the first place. So I don't know what he did, but. Well, I, I, I only asked because I just read it the other day. No, I think he's a, I think, you know, we're lucky to have him, but I wish that there were 20 more of me and 20 more John Leguizamo's working. But your, your response to my question uh, 
reminds me like it's no wonder that you and Bill work so well together because every time I talk to Bill, he does not put up with any of my BS. Like any, <laughs> anytime I ask a question that like seems it is like a little bit off the mark, he's like right on it. Oh, I, am I doing the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> no, but but it's because you're it's well, and you you, you mentioned about like uh, not being able to put up with like cocky hacks and comedy, and it's like both of you, you know, you might have different uh, onstage personas, but like fundamentally, you're both like very ambitious and very. Um, straightforward. He's, he's amazing. I've never seen anybody like just to give. I mean, everybody knows this, but Burr is like speaks in joke. Like he, his every thought is it's it's just. And I'm not saying it comes easy for him, or he does a lot of uh, doesn't do any work, but like because he, he absolutely is one of the hardest working guys I've ever met, and it shows in all everything that he puts out. But and his ability to do multiple podcasts in a week. And just, I'm in awe of how he does all this with young kids. He's got a movie he's directing and writing. And it's like, he's a fucking incredible dude, but he has the ability in conversation when you're on the phone with him to like speak in perfect bit form. Like you just take exactly what you said, put it on stage and just crush with them. So yeah. Well, that's why his podcast is like the backbone of ATC, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he can oh, just, doubt. He can just talk without anybody around into the microphone, and it's that's and it's great. Cold. I, I think more comics should do that, and more comics it's like a lot of podcasts become guest dependent. And uh, I'd love to see more people attempt to do what Bill does, but it's again, it's Bill doing that. It's, it's very difficult to um, right. To I'm I'm very dependent upon you being here, Al. without you i don't know look at your numbers sean realistically like again i might be lower than you know you have bill on it's going to be a huge episode and mine's not going to get the numbers of bills isn't like that's just that's what happens when you do an interview show but the people listening to our show are the important people yeah (laughs) so al if if (laughs) i check if i check back in with you in 10 years what what do you hope to be telling me about I will be telling you about all the walks, the dog that I just got, and uh, all the golf I'm playing. Because if I am working hard in 10 years, something went horribly wrong. I am trying to bounce as quickly as I possibly can. So I'm working on saving enough money. First of all, you're not going to be talking about, uh, to me in 10 years because I'll have nothing to plug. <laughs> uh, and uh, If you do talk to me, we'll be running into each other at a restaurant or something, and I should have a huge smile on my face um, because if the world has completely gone to shit, I will be um, playing golf almost every single day and walking with uh, dogs and, um, and not wor- without a care in the world. Well, I look forward to seeing you out on the course then. Yeah, yeah, me and you. Thanks so much, Al. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, buddy. Uh, and uh, I'll, hopefully I, I'll see you out there. That'll mean that I got a kid out of the house and I'm back doing a little stand-up again. <laughs> I feel like I have one special in me, so one more. One and, more. Let's do it. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was post-produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music was by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. 
If you enjoyed listening, please check out my Substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com for transcripts, bonus commentary, and expert analysis about comedy, show business, and more. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.